Hello and welcome to Family Guy Talk. I'm Ryan Lewis, and I'm here with my co-host, Noah Bolo. That's right, Ryan. On this podcast, we're going to be diving deep into every episode of the new show, Family Guy. It's a brand new adult animated sitcom from Fox. We'll be discussing the show's humor, social commentary, and hidden references that make Family Guy the new show to look out for. And, of course, we'll be sharing our own thoughts, opinions, and laughs along the way. So, if you're a Family Guy fan, or just someone who loves good comedy... Join us for a weekly dose of Family Guy Talk. Talking about the Griffins and the crazy life. You know that new show, I'm talking Family Guy. I'm hosting here to break it all down. You don't have no frown, it's like it is here now. Welcome to the Family Guy Talk. Pockets on the block. Analyze every single shot. Don't worry about the clock. Get stopped. Take a shot, cause it's time for Family Guy Talk. Family Guy Talk. Family Guy Talk. Family Guy Talk. Alright, good? Yep. Alright. I'm I'm recording. You recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Good. Uh well, hello and welcome back to Family Guy Talk, episode two. Ryan, how does it how does it feel to be back, man? You know, it feels pretty good. And you know, now now that we have the first episode out of the way, I feel like we can really get into the meat of the show now. This is where things start to pick up and we we really get to delve deep into the psychology of the characters and see how they work. It's it's not just introductions anymore. We're we're fully integrated yeah. into the world of Family Guy now. Hundred percent. I mean, even for us, I mean last week's episode it was kind of a test run, you know. It was basically like a pilot for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Now that family guys in the swing of things, I feel like we're more in the swing of things. We're really feeling more comfortable in our in our roles here and really just diving deep. And speaking of deep, I mean, we have got to talk about this episode <laughs> because, wow, I mean, is okay, for, for initial opinions, is it better than the first episode? What, yes or no? I do think it's better. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, the first episode again was kind of introducing us to the world. So, you know, obviously things were a little shaky, yeah. like all first episodes are. Mm-hmm. But for this one, they're really able to hit the ground running, I, I think. Yeah. And I felt much, much more invested into these characters this time around since since I previously had the opportunity to spend time with them. You know, now it feels like I'm a member of the family. And I, I think that's great how the show's able to build that viewer dynamic within the show, how audience members are able to just feel like they're family guy i really did kind of feel like family guy through this whole thing Mm -hmm. it it was really just a i don't i don't even know how to explain it um you don't have to okay (laughs) okay i yeah you're right i mean words can't do it justice so yeah why don't you talk about what it was like the audio experience of this episode at first, I was kind of like, that's weird that for the second episode, they're already doing a, a special silent episode, you know? I thought that was a, an interesting throwback to cartoons of yesteryear, but then halfway through, I realized that I didn't have my earbuds in. I still I still heard you, though. I don't know how, but yeah, once I put them back in, it definitely made much more sense uh, what I was watching. It sounded great. Yeah. No, I, I I felt the same what way. What did you think of the lighting? Wow, I am actually so glad that you asked that question. Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed. I know I didn't mention that last week, but I was a little underwhelmed about their lighting choices. It was all very sitcom, which obviously, you know, that's kind of what they were going for, so I can't judge it that much. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they took some more risks um, as far as, as the lighting and, and the camera work goes in the show, which is really rare in this more drawn style of animation to find some really interesting camera moves and and, and lighting techniques. It's all still subtle. I mean, definitely subtle, but 
in comparison to last week, it, it was definitely something that I really took note of. It looked great. Yeah. All right. Let's get into talking about the episode. Before we do that, I do just wanted to bring up... Wait. I can't think of the fucking word. Uh, what? The king? <laughs> Hang on. What king? What king? Hang on. We would be doing we would be doing a massive disservice if if we did not bring up the the coronation. What is it called when they elect a new king? Um but not but, but it's not elect, it's the other thing. Um I think it's like um Okay, do you know how like when you go to uh the mall yeah and you know you, you you're walking around and then you go toward your favorite store like let's say your favorite store in the mall was like an old navy mm-hmm. and like you're going to the old navy and you're like wow i can't wait to go to old navy and then you get to old navy and you realize that you see that the old navy was closed down and it got replaced by like an american eagle and you're kind of like oh that's i i, I kind of miss you know Old Navy. I got a lot of my clothes there, but I guess I can shop out of American Eagle now. I mean, I, I can't be that much of a difference, right? I mean, I'm a little bummed, but this really has no impact on my life at all. I think this, I think this uh, coronation of King Charles III was kind of like that. Except, yeah. you know, when you see it, you can't like walk over to the Orange Julius or something to get a drink. <laughs> and- Unfortunately not. Um, <laughs> I, th- I really think that's what the monarchy is missing. I don't, I, I don't even know if they... I don't, I, I don't think... They, <laughs> I don't think they have a many. <laughs> See, that, that's, think, that's the real problem with them damn Brits over there. I think they have marmalade, Julie. <laughs> Stupid. Hey. Yeah? Shut up. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know, obviously that was a huge thing that happened today, the King Charles coronation. So we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge it, pay tribute. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy that, you know, at at 74 years old, you know, Charles was was able to to run. And, you know, even at his age, he he showed hard work and uh, determination and perseverance. And, you know, he kind of won the hearts of the, the English populace and mm. you know he 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 won in a landslide you know so i you know i think he rightfully earned the title of of, of king sounds like he's going to do good things there and over over in the the uk although i'm not sure how long a term there for king is. yeah i think it's the same as like a judge on the supreme court over here i think it's the same. Oh. so whatever that i mean I, I don't i don't remember the exact year but i remember them being the same okay cool Sh- shall we um dive into this this episode of family guy i guess Okay, so this is season one, episode two of Family Guy. It just dropped. We had just watched it. So the episode is called I Never Met the Dead Man. I mean, two for two as far as titles go, right? Yeah, you know, pretty pretty provocative, yet, you know, draws the viewer's attention toward it. Makes you think a little bit. 100%. Really, you know, I was, I was very intrigued, you know. I It sounded a little threatening, yeah. the title. You know, I felt a little threatened, but, you know, I, I think the purpose of the title was to keep you on edge, kind of keep you feeling uncertain through the thing yeah i think it really impacted my experience yeah i mean it's an intriguing title it just like hints at a darker more ominous tone i mean i've never met the dead man i don't think anybody have you no no i i haven't i mean i've heard of him i would love to meet him someday but yeah it's it's not something that's happened yet 
for me. Yeah, at first I thought they were talking about the movie Dead Man by Jim Jarmusch, but you know, I, I, I kind of figured that it wasn't. Could have also meant Dead Man Tell No Tales, like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but wow, you know, I don't think anyone, I don't think anybody Whoa. watched that. Hang on. Both of those movies were Johnny Depp movies too, so I was like, maybe Johnny Depp's going to be in this episode if they keep referring to yeah, his I... filmography like that. He was, he wasn't in it though. I, I looked on, I looked at the cast. Oh, he I looked at the cast list. He, he, was, he wasn't in it. Maybe oh. he was going to be like a, a background character or something, or maybe the, the titular dead man. He, he wasn't, though. He wasn't, though. No, unfortunately. It says Butch Hartman was in this episode, though. The guy that did Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I didn't even know he was a guy. No, he's still alive now. Right. So the episode opens, and it op obviously we see the establishing shot of the house. It's super beautiful yellow, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, pretty iconic at this point. Mm -hmm. But there is one thing that's different, and it's that Stewie, the baby, if you, if you remember, uh, is outside, which is, I mean, just thinking of today's environment, you know, I mean, what a reckless, I, maybe reckless is, is too strong of a word, but I, I feel like that's a little dangerous to have your baby just be unattended outside. I, I think it might just be a regional thing, you know, right. kind of, it could be like a Rhode Island deal. You know, it seemed like they live in a pretty nice neighborhood where like bad things don't happen too often. I mean, you know, they got a pretty decent sized house. I mean, as you, as you can tell. So I'm sure other people were at home, you know, cause I doubt Stewie would be able to get outside on his own, you know, yeah. but you know, he's shown to be a pretty smart guy, a smart baby. I mean, so he, he could have found a way maybe. But yeah, no, I, I trust that he was safe. He was in a safe environment the whole time. I, I wasn't really worried. I didn't think about Fair. that. You know, that's that is interesting to think about, you know, especially compared to the wider world at large, how kids can't really just play outside anymore. Yeah, supervised. No. I mean, it's definitely something that I, I feel like parents nowadays should think about. I think it might be a little it, it might just not be a good idea to portray on such a big show like this, something like that, because not everybody lives in Rhode Island. That, that's just my personal opinion. I know that where I come from, if you left a baby outside, that baby gone. Well, that, that baby it, gone. Well, either I'm you know, taking maybe, it or the neighbors. Well, I think what the show's trying, I, I think the show already, even only in its second episode, I think it's already trying to inspire social change mm. or it wants to reshape society into something better. You know, maybe okay. they knew that the wider world doesn't really work like that, but maybe they want to kind of help show people that, you know, maybe we got to change, change how we do things a bit. Maybe, maybe, you know, it, it can be safe for kids to be outside. You know, it's just, mm. it's what we make of the world world we got to look out for you know our kids and ourselves and just make sure that you know, everything's okay for them maybe maybe it's showing a future in which you know kids can play outside again or wow. do their own things maybe it's showing a world where babies you know can talk and build gadgets and you know maybe that could happen someday i think this social change family guys calling for you know i think something could come out of it i don't know we'll, mm -hmm. we'll have to keep an eye on the rest of the media kind of reacts to this episode yeah yeah, 100%. Later later on, for sure. Yeah, so so basically, you know, Stewie is outside. His mom and, and his brother and sister are, are inside. And Stewie's basically outside. He, he's playing with this Sesame Street phone. Yeah, it's a phone. There's buttons on it of different Sesame Street characters. It's a, you press a button with, with a certain character on it, and then you hold the, the phone to your ear, and then you hear that Sesame Street character mm -hmm. from the button that you press. They, they like, say something to you. They they actually talk to okay, you. But, but Which is pretty crazy <laughs> that, you know, toys could have today. You know, I you know we don't have that technology when I was a kid. You know what's really crazy? What? Is just how young kids are getting phones nowadays. 
right? Mm -hmm. I didn't get my first phone until I was, what, 14, 15 years old? Same. This kid is, what, he's a year old, maybe? Yeah. And he's already got a phone? He's already calling his buddies? Yeah, and, like, my first phone, the, the only uh, numbers I could call on it was, like, home mm -hmm. and 911. Yeah. But this kid has direct contact with the characters of Sesame Street, <laughs> which, you know, I've never had the pleasure to meet uh, some of the Sesame Street characters. I'd like to. Mm -hmm. I've heard they're nice people, but just the opportunities never come up for us to interact, which, you know, hopefully that'll change in the future. Hopefully. But. And you know, with Sesame Street being on for like yeah. over 50 years, you think during that time they'd, they'd make time to like contact me. You know, I, I watch their show. So it's like the least they could do is have like Grover call me up and wish me like a happy birthday or something. Didn't you always used to send letters in? Wasn't that your big thing growing up? I think I think I remember you telling I, me. I, I emailed them. Oh, okay. Because, you know, they had like the PBS Kids website and like with my parents' permission, I was able to use it. But they never called you. No, no, no. And I like called like the Sesame Street number too when I was, when I was old enough when I was 20 I was able to have access to the number um, <laughs> and so I like I, I called them and I got their receptionist she was like no no emails the, the primary Sesame street receptionist yeah <laughs> okay but yeah good good yeah I mean she's a she's a person she's not like <laughs> a muppet if that's if that's what you're imagining but but anyway yeah, yeah she was like yeah you know email you know contact them through email that's their preferred option you know if you keep sending them letters then uh it's only going to agitate them and i'm like really and i'm like yeah yeah you know that's that's the old school sesame street is, is letters they they want to live in the now and do do new stuff so they do they do email i guess they did fax faxing for like a little bit but i mean email just it kind of works a lot better so, yeah. but anyway i was like they haven't responded to me at all yet and and she was like really like what about big bird did big bird talk to you yet and i was like uh, i haven't heard anything from big bird and then she was like well, what about like burnt and ernie have burnt and ernie contacted you yet and i'm like oh i haven't heard anything from burnt and ernie and then and then uh, you know she kind of listed like a bunch more characters too and i said no to everyone and then i was like you know is there any way like i could just like talk to your manager like i can i talk to like kermit and after i said kermit's name she got like really quiet and was like don't don't say that name ever he might hear you and i was like what do you mean is there something wrong and she was just like no it's just no one's allowed to talk about him like he knows and i'm like well what what's wrong if he knows and then she hung up on me but like not before like there's like a loud noise on the other end and then she hung up i didn't like she didn't say goodbye or anything but it just like disconnected after like this loud i don't know but yeah i think i think they're gonna contact me again pretty soon i mean i'm able to talk to the between the lions guys pretty easily you know we we, we kind of we have a back and forth we have good rapport going but yeah not Ses sesame street's kind of hard to get into it sounds like it that's not something that i've experienced because i've been too busy um being with the ladies kind of where you and i you and i differ a little bit we all have our strengths you know that's kind of what i'm trying to say so stewie obviously has this you're inside. dating more than one person no no i'm just saying well you, you know, said late you said ladies no i'm just saying in that's pretty it's just like it's just you like the him? idea of me being, look, okay, that's that's just not the point that I was trying to make, regardless. So Stewie, Stewie has this has this in with with the Sesame Street gang, and what's interesting is that he he's not really interested in talking to them about the Sesame Street or any of the dudes that live on it. Basically, he's he's actually trying to have them arrange a meeting between him and the and the Pentagon 
have have you ever came across anything like that in, in your I mean endeavor? I've again I've I've never been able to uh, directly right. talk to you're the right. Sesame no. Street character. You know, it's pretty offensive that you even bring that up again <laughs> after we just kind of settle the debate there. But uh so no, right. I mean I mean I don't know what he was expecting when he was trying to contact them about, you know, the Pentagon. I mean the only one that really has Pentagon access is like Oscar, but oh. he tries not to talk about it on the show. Yeah, that's kinda why he's so grouchy all the time, you know. Inside his trash can is actually like a direct hotline to to the Pentagon. That's probably what Stewie was trying to reach. Though. Yeah, he was I mean, you know, Oscar's a busy guy. He doesn't really like to talk to people, you know. He's kind of a Grinch. Um oh Grouch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of, I was thinking of something else. Um stupid. But uh yeah, Stewie Stewie kinda got mad at him and he uh he actually destroyed his Sesame Street phone with a laser gun that he built. He kinda blew it up. Talk about shooting a text. Well, it, it didn't have text on there, it was just the you know, phone. Which is weird because you know, I know kids kinda prefer text over calling. I guess beggars can't be choosers or uh, you know, you, you know, you it's get true. what you get and you don't throw a, a fit. How does he watch TikTok you know? on there? That's that's what I kind of. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he does. I don't think it, it, no? it didn't have a screen on it. No, it just buttons. You think it was like an audio TikTok type thing? No. Well, you know, the phone was inspired by like phones from like the early 1700s. Uh, I think the phone, the Sesame, I think the Sesame Street phone was. You just spit out so much fucking shit right now. How do you spit shit? <laughs> I'm really hungry, and I really had to go. Okay, yeah, the phone, the Sesame Sorry, I'm, I'm just gonna be thinking about that the whole time now. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the Sesame Street phone, you know, it was, it's a toy, but it was inspired by, like, phones from, like, Revolutionary War and stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense to me. So now that we're done with the cold open <laughs> at the episode... <laughs> So one thing that we didn't actually talk about last week that I think is is pretty important is is the intro because obviously it's it goes from cold open to the intro the theme song right and two episodes in and, and it's already iconic it's it's stuck in my head I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit so it starts off it seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV but where are those good old fashioned values on which we used to rely so these first four you know lines of the song highlight the show's critique of the prevalence of like, you know, violence and, and sex in modern media, right? I mean, it suggests that society's become so desensitized to these themes that they're now like ubiquitous in, in mainstream entertainment. What do you, what, what do you think about, what do you think about it? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, the theme song definitely kind of takes a more conservative approach when it comes to viewing modern media. You know, I think just as times change, so does taste, but also what media content you enjoy as well. And, you know, way back when, in like the 1800s, you know, they're, uh, they're really stricter about what was on TV. Um, <laughs> You know, you couldn't, you couldn't curse, you couldn't show like any blood or anyone die. You no know, boobs. Yeah. You know, there was a time where you couldn't see naked people on television, Ugh. believe it or not. But I mean, yeah, I mean, back then, you know, the only thing that was on TV was like the news and, uh, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it was, I think it was Frasier, the spinoff of cheers <laughs> that introduced violence and sex to the mainstream. <laughs> Which that, you know, wasn't, that wasn't until like the 90s, which was pretty crazy. Wow. It's crazy how much has changed. I was a different person 30 years ago. I mean, you believe in reincarnation, so yeah, literally. 
So the the next four lines of, of the of the song goes as follows. Lucky there's a family guy. Lucky there's a man who positively can do all the things that make us laugh and cry. He's a family guy. So these next four lines, you know, they talk about Peter, how he's, you know, the, the main character and he provides both comedic relief as well as, you know, emotional depth for the show. I mean, Ryan and I, we both got pretty, pretty emotional in last week's episode with seeing Peter's character arc through that episode. And so I, I think that these lines are really just poignant and really just capture the essence of of the of the show so early on that that I think is is really like a, it's like a lightning in a bottle type of theme song. Would you agree? No, yeah, I thought it was very pungent too. But I mean, you you recapped it pretty well. I mean, you know, just watching it, I felt like there's finally a show made for me. Yeah, you know, my generation. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Gen Gen Z. Right. Generation Z. The Gen is short for generation, and the Z is a letter. <laughs> Short for Ziggy Azalea. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of Iggy Azalea. No, I think it's Ziggy. No, Ziggy Azalea is the, the comic strip character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy doesn't know who Ziggy is. Anyways, so obviously we cut from the theme and, and we're into the first scene of the show. You know, cold open aside. So, um... The family is having dinner around the table, or at least some of them are. Uh, Lois is currently trying to get Stewie to eat his vegetables. He has some broccoli that he's pretty reluctant on eating, which is just, you know, I mean, that is just such a classic, like, baby move. Like, if you've ever been around a baby, you know that they don't like that green shit. <laughs> you know? They don't well, like it. I mean, it. I think most babies are the ones I've been acquainted with don't really talk either so i think stewie is just kind of a special case too although i, I will mm. say it was kind of weird that lois was feeding stewie whole stalks of broccoli and not like mush oh. like baby food that babies normally eat it kind of right. it kind of looked like stewie had teeth in the show but like i didn't think he was old enough to really chew food yeah. much less you know like broccoli or, or or something i mean now that you say it it's like even there's been times that i'm eating broccoli and i get a little nervous because you know i've i've a bit of a sweet tooth so I, i'm worried that like one of these days my teeth are gonna fall out because of eating eating because i eat the broccoli and it's too hard so yeah i mean that's that is kind of weird it's just like the second thing in this episode that lois has done that's kind of like a weird thing for a mom to do and i i mean a, a slight spoiler but I, I don't think they really touch upon that throughout this throughout this episode that's not really the point of focus which obviously we're still kind of learning her character and how she is as a mother but i mean we're two minutes into the show and and she's already got two strikes well i, I think in this episode we learned that lois during the day moonlights as a piano teacher Mm -hmm. So while Peter's at work at the toy factory, Lois teaches piano at home, which, you know, as we can tell from like the theme song, you know, we witness Lois's piano playing ability and it's, it's mm. pretty, pretty darn good. So I'm, I'm hoping we get to see more of that incorporated into a, a future storyline in the show. Yeah, but Stewie does not want, he doesn't want the broccoli. And so basically, I, yeah, I, I can, I can kind of, I can kind of understand too, you know, about broccoli. You know, I wasn't that much of a fan of it as a kid. You know, I had a sweet tooth, so I was always more interested in like cauliflower and uh, Brussels sprouts, uh, <laughs> eggplants, <laughs> uh, pumpkin. Uh -huh. uh, what's that thing that's like in the ground? Potato. No, this one doesn't have eyes. <laughs> An onion. What do, what do onions sound like? 
Um, I mean, if I if I had to guess, like, yeah, just like do the noise. It might help me remember. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a radish. That's what it was. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So the episode really kicks off though. Whenever Meg. Oh wait, is, wait hang uh, on, hang on. We we're missing it. We're missing an important part. Basically, Stewie hates the broccoli so much that he vows to destroy it by any means necessary. Which, given given a last episode where he was building, you know, mind control guns. I mean, I'm just at the edge of my seat wondering what he's got in store next. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead with the next part. Yeah, so Meg, she she wants to learn to drive a car. Mm -hmm. But ye old Peter, he's watching TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's watching Star Trek, and you know they got William Shatner on there, and he's you know he's doing his thing that mm -hmm. he does in Star Trek. You know, I also thought that you know somehow it managed to get William Shatner for the second episode, but it, it doesn't. He's not what? credited, so I don't think that was actually. Is, I mean, is there... it looked it looked exactly like him, so I thought that it was him. Is there not some kind of like copyright law that this is infringing on, like using the likeness? without their voiceness. I know that you, you're you really big on copyright. You wrote your English, uh, your final English paper on, on all on copyright laws. Yeah, I got my mind, I got my minor in copyright and trademark. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so what, yeah. what what's the what's the deal there? What's what's legal and what's not? Uh, you know, basically and you know, that it all comes down to the core theme behind, you know, copyrights and trademarks, you know, everywhere. Basically what the deal is, if you don't get caught, it's fine. <laughs> I think they're doing a pretty good job right now, not getting caught. <laughs> Even though they're the biggest TV show in the world right now. I mean, no one else really knows. I mean, they're not like projecting it. You know, they don't know. No one, like, they don't know what kind of kind of copyrights and trademarks they don't have. They don't like broadcast so, it or anything. They just broadcast the show. Are you saying that you don't think that William Shatner is watching Family Guy? I mean, I, I'd hope so. You know, if I was in a show that I didn't know I was in. I'd be mildly curious. And of course it depends on what I'm doing at the time. You know, I could be driving. I mean, I guess I could like put my phone on the dash of the car and like watch it while I'm driving. I think you should do that sometimes. Yeah, that's not really a good excuse. <laughs> or I mean, it might look better when you put it on the steering wheel. I wonder if they make those. They make, cause I know like when it, like if your phone's playing music in your car, you can like buy like a thing you can like attach to the console or something of your car or something True. and put your phone up there so it's easier to look at GPS or your music. So I'm sure they might have like a, a steering wheel attachment or something. But yeah, I think I think William Shatner is a good man. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. We all do. We but all what do. Are you? But what were you saying now about the show? I mean, Peter is engrossed in in this episode of of Star Trek, and so yeah, Meg. Comes I thought he up liked to... it. <laughs> My bad. He was enthralled with the. No, episode. he's in Quahog. <laughs> Oh you know what? I, I I trust you. I, I trust that you know what you're doing. Never mind. Okay. Meg walks in the room and basically asks Lois, hey, I have a driving test tomorrow. Can you give me some lessons? Which, poor planning on, on Meg's part to wait until the day before mm -hmm. the test to ask for lessons. Basically, Lois is like, dude, I got fucking piano lessons back to she back. She was doing what to the piano? <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I got piano I know lessons she wouldn't. back to back. Fuck the piano. It, right. And she can't give Meg. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll explore that in a, in a future episode. So Lois can't do it. Chris it, it can't do it. Stewie, well, maybe Stewie, no, but he, he's busy. So she asked Peter. Yeah, I think he's, he's got pretty much a full-time job. On he does. Yeah, right he now. does. He does. She asks Peter. He's so deep in his show that at first he's like, no, 
he just wants to keep watching his show. But, you know, after some convincing, Lois kind of pushes him in the right direction, gives him some nudges. He reluctantly agrees. Him and Meg go get in his car. Meg's driving, and, and he starts giving her some lessons. How about, how about you talk a little bit about that? Peter's driving lessons were pretty unconventional. Let's just mm. say that. The first thing Peter teaches Meg is that whenever they get to a stoplight, when another car approaches them in the left lane, Peter tells her that means when someone stops beside you that they're looking to street race. And what Meg's got to do is like rev the car twice and then speed away as soon as the light turns green, you know? And for a second, I'm thinking, okay, this guy's watched a little too much Furious and Fast movies. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what? A little too much of that Diesel Vin movies. Oh, that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, they stop at the light and, you know, you expect like for the setup of the joke, like a, a car would appear right beside the car their yeah. car right you know to initiate a street race well something does pull up right alongside their car and it's a guy with a horse and buggy on the road and you know some so meg sees him immediately and she's like oh this guy's looking for a challenge so she revs her car and right when the light turns green they go on a race and they're racing through town they're being they're being pretty reckless i might add you know not something that you want to be doing whenever you're learning to drive and yeah. it gets to a point when they're turning a sharp corner off of a cliff meg's able to make it the horse and buggy sadly it crashes off the ledge mm. and careens toward the ground it, it was a pretty grisly sight it's it's implied that the driver of that horse and buggy didn't make it uh, we see the the buggy it's really messed up uh, the wagon explode and then you know we go over and we see the horse and we think oh well the horse is going to be okay too but then the horse explodes which I mean, it must, I, I I'm, I'm assuming that. that it was one of those like robot horses, mm. you know, AI and all that. But yeah, I mean, we yeah. didn't really, we just saw it explode. We didn't really get to see the, the insides of it or what, or the remains, I guess, which I can, I can kind of understand why they didn't show that. That might've been a little too grisly, too grim for yeah. primetime network television. Uh, I mean, and the theme song, it did say, you know, violence and stuff they don't they don't like violence so i i do think that was a good choice on their part meg does go and take takes her uh, driver's test and you know she she does exactly what peter tells her to do and oh, she dude. challenges a, a cop to a street race and you know he's not having that and he immediately pulls her over and it's like hey you, you can't be doing that that's not right so of course meg fails her driver's test because of peter's poor directions and yeah. uh you know i was kind of hope i was kind of hoping peter would kind of start the episode with a win after last week's but no i i think yeah. i think we're seeing the beginnings of just a very tragic character yeah a man who who makes a lot of mistakes and you know he might learn from him sometimes but we we don't know it, it's too, it's too early in the episode to determine whether or not peter feels remorse for his actions yeah so there, there's something i want to that you were kind of touching on that i i want to talk about a little bit so what's interesting about this episode is well coming out of last week's episode obviously that week's episode was all about peter's vice his his addiction to alcohol and so i mean in this episode i mean it seems 
seems that he's kicked this addiction. We don't see him with any alcohol throughout the episode, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like he is living any less of an addictive lifestyle. It actually seems that his he's addiction- He's just creating one addictive vice for another. Exactly, and, and right now, now. His, his new addiction is television and distracting himself and, and all these things. And like part of that, just like, obviously Peter watches all these violent shows and that causes him to teach his daughter to act violently while driving and that causes her to fail the test you know even as peter drives them home from the dmv after meg has failed his, her, her test he's just driving and he's like looking in the windows of houses as he's passing just casually and he sees his favorite show is on through one of the windows and he's so addicted that like that must have hit like a, a dopamine trigger in his brain and he can't take his eyes off of that television he has some pretty good eyesight to be able to, he, to well see he's from, got those glasses on house. yeah they're they gotta be yeah. bifocals for sure. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like, I'd like. I hope on the show sometime they reveal his prescription because <laughs> I think we might be, we might be pretty similar. Yeah. So yeah, Peter is distracted driving, right? And and he crashes the car with his daughter in it. What's ironic about this whole thing is that he crashes into what is it called? It's the main satellite dish that that the whole town gets their television from. When they crash and they destroy this satellite dish, the whole town's television shuts off. So now Peter's, I mean, his whole addiction is is now unable to be met just because of his own actions due to his addiction. It's a pretty interesting, you know, line of events that spawn from that, mm -hmm. you know. And then, yeah, he makes a decision. I mean, he doesn't want to take the blame for that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? You know, after the Peter crashes the car, luckily both him and Meg were all right. They were God. unscathed. But the airbags didn't deploy until they got out of the car, which, you know, I would talk about, I would talk to the dealer where he got that car from. That's kind of a big problem, you know, if the airbags don't work. You know, he might be entitled to compensation. I don't, I Finan don't know. Financial I, even, you know? Maybe. But yeah, they don't they didn't really explore it anymore in the episode, but I'm thinking it could end up becoming kind of like a background story thread to the season. But yeah, he gets out of the they, they get out of the car and they assess the damage and Peter's upset because he can't watch TV anymore. And so some angry townsfolk are approaching him because they, they want to watch TV too, but they can't anymore because the tower was destroyed they're like what like why why did you do this you know we we want to watch our tv we hate you i'm paraphrasing of course um of course of course but you know peter realizes that you know he's in a lot of trouble here you know he, he could uh get a pretty pretty sizable punishment because of this but he quickly places the blame on his daughter meg says that she's the one that did it in order to soften the angry cries from this mob because you know they're they're kind of looking for blood right now but peter's like oh well you know if they think meg did it then you know maybe they wouldn't want to hurt this young girl and mm. for the most part it works the townsfolk calm down they're like all right you know, accidents happen you know mistakes are made and they kind of disperse but meg she's kind of like dad why are you telling all these people that i did it i didn't do it you did it yeah. and i feel like in this moment especially you kind of see in her eyes she's losing respect for her father for, <sighs> for peter to just throw her under the bus like this you know yeah. it's very heartbreaking when a child realizes that their parents not only may not be there for them 
but will actively do whatever it takes to serve their best interest even mm. if it means you know my kid will get hurt you know some people don't care you know and it's pretty sad it's pretty scary to even make this kind of character development happen within peter so early into yeah. the show you know he's our lead character he's our protagonist you know we're supposed to empathize with him in his plight but uh i mean it's getting kind of hard to it's I uh i agree it's he's definitely making it difficult so i'm curious to see how they turn it around in future episodes but i mean yeah he's he's definitely he's definitely continuing um kind of the themes of of last week where he feels so insecure in himself that obviously he's made this huge mistake that has affected the town and he can't bear to just accept the blame for it maybe it's like kind of like what you were saying last week maybe it's superiority or maybe it's misogyny but yeah for some reason he decides to push the blame on a meg which is just it's just so awful to to see mm -hmm. i mean i i like peter man but like he's got a lot of work to do if, mm -hmm. if i mean do you think that this character is beyond redemption can't say that he is because again we we are so early into the show and you know we, we do know that the season has uh, some more episodes to it so yeah. there, that's plenty of time to further explore Peter's character and have him work toward redemption. Who knows? We could end the season with Peter being a pretty selfless guy. You know, it, it takes time for this kind of character development to mm. develop. But yeah, it almost makes me wonder how Peter himself was, was raised as a child and if his experience affected who he is as a dad. Of course, it's no excuse to his actions. It, it right. could explain how he got from point A to point D. It's so true. Peter had just blamed everything on Meg and the townspeople are like fine with that. Um, so they drive home and actually Peter drives home with the satellite dish still attached. I don't think he knows about it, but once he gets home, Stewie has been just interrogating the broccoli and just trying to get information out of it, see what its weakness is, how he can destroy the broccoli. And so once he sees his father and sister pull up in the driveway uh, with a satellite dish, he starts to get some ideas. And speaking of ideas for dishes, are you craving something sweet and juicy to satisfy your taste buds? Well, not really further. right now. Look no, look oh. no. Yeah, this is so. This is for this. This is our sponsor. Look no further than Parker's Peaches. This family-owned orchard has been providing the freshest, most delicious peaches in town for generations. Whether you prefer to eat them straight off the tree, bake them into a pie, or turn them into a refreshing summer drink, Parker's Peaches has got you covered. Their peaches are picked at the peak of ripeness to ensure maximum flavor and sweetness. So why settle for supermarket peaches that have been shipped from halfway across the world? Get your hands on some locally grown, mouth-watering Parker's Peaches today. Visit the farmer's market or check out their website to order online. Parker's Peaches, the taste of the summer in every bite. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, so Stewie, obviously, he wants a satellite. He thinks that he can use it to make some evil contraption that could wipe out all the vegetables everywhere. So after Stewie's like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll use that satellite dish for my fiendish plot. Peter and Meg get home and Meg at this point, you know, she was mad before, but Peter promised her that if she takes the fall, when she gets her driver's license, he'll buy her a brand new convertible. Oh. I, I didn't think Peter made that much at the toy factory, but he has such a nice house and a nice neighborhood. He must he must make some pretty decent income to afford a convertible for Meg. True. You know, I'd love a convertible. 
Well, you know, a convertible would be nice, but I need something more like, you know, I, I you know, I, I think I should like treat myself, but I don't want to like go crazy. You know, I don't want to get like a Lamborghini or something. That's, that's insane. But you know, I, I right. think you know, a, a nice car that gets good gas mileage, you know, maybe like a midsize sedan. I don't know. I'm rambling yeah, I think, on again. Yeah, I think you're. You don't have anything to say. So let's uh, let's just keep. Well, going. Uh, you know, now that you say that, I do have a lot I'd like to talk about. <laughs> no. Um, no. Basically, so what this I'm trying guy. to say is, uh, this guy rambles. Make make thinks she's gonna get a convertible, and so yeah. they get home, and she immediately tells Lois that Peter destroyed the tower, but. Meg is going to take the fall for it so she can get a convertible. And Lois is rightfully not happy with what Peter mm -hmm. did. So, I mean, obviously, Lois does not like this idea. She's basically the audience surrogate in, in this scene, I suppose. Because basically, you know, if I were there, I would have told Peter off, you know? I mean, that's your daughter. And you're going to bribe her to ruin her reputation in order to get a car for her. But Meg still decides, you know, I'm going to take the blame. I can always make new friends, but I can't always get a convertible car. Fast forward to the next day, she's at school, she's in the classroom, she's getting learned, and basically, you know- Learned. Excuse me. Learned, learned. My bad, my bad. She's getting learned. Her teacher decides to shame her in front of the whole class, which, I mean, is, is pretty unethical. So, yeah, instead of doing the right thing and taking Meg aside and, you know, even questioning, hey, what happened with the satellite dish? He just shames her in front of her class. And it seems like her classmates are really quick to bully. I mean, it, it all seemed like they had paper that were ready uh, to be balled up and used as cannonballs. Well, I mean, they, they had like books and journals and stuff to write with. So it's pretty easy, you know, tear a page out, crumple into a ball. Right. I mean, uh, back when I was at school, you know, kids were able to crumple paper into a ball, like, you know, under seven seconds flat, you know, there's one kid who could do it in like five. Okay, I don't you know? believe that for a second. Well, you know, you weren't there. I, I guess people were just slow making paper balls where you went to school. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were definitely, as far as my town goes, we were the slowest school. But that's not it what I value. like you really dragged down the average. Meg manages to stop them from attacking her by saying that it wasn't her who hit the satellite dish. And then her teacher was like, okay, then who was it? And Meg thinks to herself, and we actually get an internal dialogue, and it's kind of this cutesy reference to the Wonder Years. I've never seen the Wonder Years. No, it's but, your favorite uh, show. What, it's your favorite show, come on. But my, my understanding of it, though, is it's about a kid who had a lot of wonder of course, you know, years are a measurement of time to which all human beings experience. So I'm assuming it's referring to that. Yeah, at that point, though, Meg decides that, you know, getting a convertible is more important than having her classmates adoration. So she just she keeps internalizing it. And I think that's just gonna gonna keep eating at her living this lie. Yeah, for sure. They all throw paper balls at her. They throw something else. I don't know, glass or something. Or I like think it was a bottle of liquor. Oh. I, I couldn't I, make out the label because it was too fast, but it kind of looked like a liquor bottle. School? Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. You know, they don't really let students have liquor until at least junior high. 
And I think Meg is implied to be like eighth grade at my school. You know, junior high started at eighth grade. So. I think Meg is in high school, right? Well, she is in high school. Remember how she's oh, doing really... her driving test? Well, you know, I started to learn how to drive when I was like 11. You know, you can learn to drive at any point in time. Yeah, but the driver's test, though, that's well, yeah, 15 she... going on 16. Okay, so she might be, you know, 15. That's like ninth grade, I guess. And that's like freshman year. Yeah, I guess she could be starting high school or something. So, yeah, she obviously takes the blame for Peter again and is ostracized for it at her school. Meanwhile, back at the house, our pal Peter, Peter Griffin, he's having symptoms akin to addiction withdrawal so what he does to alleviate these symptoms is that he builds a it's basically like a television or at least it's the frame of a television that he attaches to his body and so the frame of the television is around his eyes rather just his view so basically from his point of view it looks like he's looking at a tv screen and everything happening in the real world in front of him looks like it's just a tv show and so he kind of tricks his brain into thinking like i'm watching tv this is this is great and so he walks into the kitchen to show his family his sick invention so he he basically walks outside he's looking at different things he's looking at like old people saying it's like the old people network he's looking around and then he gets to the high school and he's like oh 91210 or whatever that show was or whatever and he walks up to the high school all the kids are getting into the school and meg is there too and that's kind of when she has this breakdown because people are bullying her and whatnot and she actually says out loud she said it was it, it wasn't me that crashed it was pete it was my dad and the whole school stops and they all look peter is so disillusioned with his reality that he can't even register that he's not watching a tv show and these are actual consequences that are going to befall him he's just making jokes like oh wow this show is so dramatic when really the the town is ready to kill him so thankfully <laughs> Ryan, where are you? I've been here the whole time. You bitch. Hey, I don't call you that. I took it too far. I'm sorry. So to save uh, Peter from, you know, no, these... Well, say, like, apologize. Yeah, um... I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Like, don't say you're sorry. Apologize. Like, anyone can say they're sorry. Um, Ryan, I know now that the words that I used and the manner in which I used them were hurtful, degrading, and possibly sexist. And I know that made you upset and insecure. Personally, as somebody who views you as a close friend and fellow Family Guy talk host, I don't want you to feel that way. Therefore, I truly regret the words that I used against you. It was thoughtless, it was reckless and it was damaging. I take full responsibility. I don't blame you at all. I, I don't think that you're in any way like those words that I said. And I just am so sorry that is the effect that I've had on you. I will work to never use those words again, and I will further make an effort to letting you know how much I appreciate you and your presence in my life. I'm sorry. I don't want you to tell me you're sorry. I want an <laughs> apology. Uh, Whatever. We'll talk about it later. All right. Yeah. We'll I'm mad though, <laughs> bitch. But anyway, yeah, as you were saying, 
Yeah, so basically Peter was about to get, you know, verbally assaulted by all these town folks, but then Lois comes in, swoops in, and saves the day. You, you go ahead and talk about that. Lois is really pouring her heart out to all these people about how, like, what's wrong with everyone? What's going on? Television has consumed us, our lives entirely. Not, not us consuming television. Television has just fully enveloped mm -hmm. our lives. It's, it's really ruined our ability to socialize and spend time with our loved ones. And the accident that had occurred ended up being a blessing in disguise that mm. with no more TV, everyone was able to escape from their self-isolation and really go out and reconnect with the world again. And, you know, that moves all the people there, and it especially moves Peter. Peter realizes TV has really kept him from being with his family. He's been unable to show his love to his family just because TV has, in a way, having a stranglehold on his life. He couldn't escape from it. Now he's free and can truly give all of his time to being a husband and a father to his family. Yeah. And you would think at this point, like, the credits would roll. That's such a lovely note to end on, but... There were, like, some commercials, though. There was some commercials. Yeah, there was some commercials. But yeah, the show is not over, which is which is pretty crazy. So Peter is so inspired by Lois' speech that he actually takes his family out and does all these outdoor activities. Before, he was too busy with the TV to even help his daughter. But now he's taking his whole family and he's, he's leading these huge, magnificent, wonderful family outings. And basically, it's so much that like his family is getting exhausted because Peter is just going, 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 going. And they all finally get home and they sit down Peter Peter goes to in his room or something and the kid Lois and the kids are are in the living room and then boom the TV turns back on at that point I was thinking okay they've just met the, they've just started this wonderful dynamic as a family where they're all going out and, and hanging out is Peter going to relapse as soon as he realizes the TV is on you know I do after some time, the, the Lois and the kids are all just watching the TV, and Peter comes out, and he's dressed up. What would you say that that attire, what would you call that? Uh, clothing. Yeah, so he's basically, <laughs> he's in, like, um, Linderhosen. Am I, am I getting anywhere near it? It kind of sounds like you're trying to say Lederhosen. Is that what he's dressed in? Oh, no, I was just saying a word that I thought sounded like what you were trying to Okay, yeah, th that's what I'm saying. I'm sticking with it. Okay. He plans on going to this, some kind of German festival, Oktoberfest of, of some kind. And he sees that the TV is on, and he looks at it, and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, dude. He's, he's going back to his old ways. But then he looks away, and he says to his family, all right, let's go. Which I was like, that was a mind-blowing thing for me. I was like, Peter is actually making some some progress in terms of his addiction but at the same time it's also like no this is his new addiction going out with the family is the new addiction now you know obviously the addiction comes in all different types of forms but there's different consequences associated with each and i think that you know one is definitely better than the other but that's neither here nor there lois is like dude we are exhausted we just want to sit down watch a little star trek and not go out and peter is um not happy about this news and there's actually a knock at the door he opens the door and well you know i i couldn't believe it i had to do uh a double take myself i was also drinking water at the time and whenever i saw it i 
I swallowed the water because I didn't want to like spit it up. It was William Shatner at the door from from Star Trek. He he was in the neighborhood. His, his car had a flat tire, or should I say, his starship had a flat tire. I don't think they have tires, but um, go on. Peter, uh, you know, he's he's sad that his family doesn't want to go to the festival with him, but it's it's not going to stop him from going. And so he instead asks William Shatner if he wants to go with them. And William Shatner's like, of course, I'd, I'd love to go to, to this festival with you, Peter Griffin. You know, they go there and, you know, they have a pretty jolly time. They're both having a lot of fun, spending time together, hanging out. And then at the same time, while they're at their festival, Stewie decides to test his weather machine that he's building. And super impressive. Yeah, he's he's able to conjure up a storm that's uh, producing freezing rain. And, you know, there's like lightning and thunder everywhere. The, the storm that he created actually destroys the weather machine and knocks Stewie off of the house. And he just, you know, hits the ground, you know, bam. It's God, pretty dude. pretty intense moment. Probably the most intense moment of the episode yeah but you know he, he's okay though he's okay he walked it off you know he he's been in tougher scrapes than this i imagine and then at the same time lois took may driving she was like all right i'm, I'm sick of peter trying to to teach you i'm gonna teach her but you know they get caught up in the storm well mm. lois is concerned for their safety so they're like all right may I'll, I'll teach you about driving some other time we got to get home but then also at this point in time you know peter and william shatner they're like all right, we should probably leave the festival and go home because, you know, we, we want to get out of this rain. They're, they're walking home, and then all of a sudden, Meg and Lois appear out of nowhere with their car, and Meg is still still driving, and uh, she she barely sees Peter and William Shatner in time, and she runs over both of them. It's, uh, we, we, we don't see the impact, but, I mean, it's implied to be a, a pretty grisly scene. Second episode of a show to just show such an intense scene of violence especially show that decries violence in its opening yeah it, it's it's very much a shock to the system i knew when i was watching it i had to i had to pause it for a minute and kind of go outside and, uh, and think about just how lucky i am to be alive it, it really makes yeah. you think you, you know I, 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 I can't really talk about it anymore you you, you go okay ahead. you know it's interesting so meg is behind the wheel she hits her father in William Shatner, which leads to William Shatner's death. But the first thing that came to my mind when I watched this, besides, you know, utter like panic and like grief, I, I was just wondering, because after that, no nothing really comes of that. Despite causing a serious accident, Meg is not charged with vehicular manslaughter. And so I kind of, I actually looked into it. So the reason for this is because in order to be charged with vehicular manslaughter, there needs to be proof that the driver acted with gross negligence or a reckless disregard for human life. And I guess in Meg's case, since it was an accident caused by stormy weather, there was no evidence to suggest that she was acting recklessly. Even though earlier in the episode, she sped in front of cops, you know? I mean, it's a known fact that she was a reckless driver. And additionally, it was clear that she was a new driver and, and didn't even have her license. I mean, it's just, obviously it's a work of fiction or, or whatever. It's not bound to the same legal constraints, but it just, it's something that ruminated in my brain. So I just wanted to talk Well, about another that. thing to keep in mind though, yeah. with following standard copyright and trademark procedure she did oh not God. get caught so therefore you know nothing really nothing happened huh interesting you know, they never no one no one else ever said that they knew that she did it we don't know wow 
So yeah, at this point, Peter is in the hospital. I'd assume that he'd broken close to every bone because he's in a full body cast. Everything but his head and face is, is covered by cast. His family is, is with him. They basically said, hey, maybe now you can go back to your old ways. You don't have to be going out as much. Peter insists that no, I mean, as soon as he's out, he's gonna be doing the same thing, hanging out with his family, making them go out. And they just don't even see the Peter that they love. So they, they actually just leave him. And so what the nurse does, the nurse comes in and, and I would assume it was a mindless thing, like just to make sure, like I'm sure she does it for every one of her patients, but she turns on the TV. Peter is basically forced to watch it, which is a little bit like, you know, if a heroin addict went into the emergency room after just being clean for a number of weeks, and then your your doctor hits you with a load of H, you know? I mean, it's the same thing. And so Peter is actually back to being addicted to TV again, which was an interesting note to end on. I'm curious to see how this affects Peter going forward in future episodes, if, yeah. if he even is able to retain the slightest bit of who he was during this episode, if, if he even still learned, I'm sorry, learned anything about spending time with his family or you know i i hope uh, i hope some of that is still in him but we don't really know i, I think no. that could be something that's further explored in, in future episodes yeah i just think that this show's theme of technology and media in this age that we're living in it's just so prevalent that for people that are addicted i mean there's no way to get away from it we are trapped in this jail of technology it's a lifelong sentence that we have no choice but to comply indubitably i think we need to talk about this post credit scene for an extended period of time so we see uh stewie you know lois is trying to make him eat his broccoli again because uh his his device failed to destroy broccoli Stewie pretends yep. that he's eating the broccoli, but he's really pouring it onto uh, Brian's plate. Is Brian sitting right next to him? The dog. But then, yeah. And then Brian, you know, he sees this. And so he takes the broccoli that's now on his plate. He puts that broccoli back onto Stewie's plate. Hmm. I mean, what a beautiful idea, right? This somebody who's growing, somebody who's learning, they're experiencing some hardships. And the idea of something as innocent as a baby trying to push these hardships onto somebody else to deal with, but then that somebody else holding them accountable and reminding them, no, this is actually your broccoli that you have to eat. And once you eat it, it'll actually be good for you. I think that's a really clever way to illustrate this idea of like self-accountability. Yeah, I mean, personally though, I think he should just man up and eat the fucking broccoli. <laughs> Yeah, so that does it for uh, this week's episode of Family Guy Talk. I've been your host, Noah Bolo. I've been uh, Brian Lois. I've, <laughs> I mean, I mean Ryan Lewis. Uh, sorry, I've just all this Family Guy talk. Uh, as you can tell, I've I've just got Family Guy on the Brian. I mean brain. Um, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Sorry, sorry about that. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Go eat some Parker's Peaches. If you like the podcast, please give it a rating. Give it a review. Take 15 seconds out of your day to give us that. Please, God, it'll help us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I got a Letterboxd account. Tune in next week for our next three-hour episode talking about Family Guy. Until next time. Talking about the Griffins and the crazy life. You know that new show I'm talking Family Guy. I'm hosting here to break it all down. You don't have no frown, it's like it is here now. Yeah.
Welcome to the Family Guy talk Pockets on the block Analyze every single shot Don't worry about the clock Get stopped Take a shot Cause it's time for Family Guy talk Family Guy talk Family Guy talk Family Guy talk